This is NPR Illinois. I'm Sean Crawford. Despite the important role enslaved people played in helping build the country, their personal stories are often unknown. And for this week's Illinois Issues report, Tara McAndrew was able to track down information about some slaves in Illinois. And speaking with me, she also talks about how many are surprised to learn there was slavery in the land of Lincoln. Yes, I was too. Um, I can't remember exactly when I learned it, but um, I was amazed because certainly my generation was always taught that Illinois was a free state, and we were very proud of that, right? Land of Lincoln, we're a free state in the North, and it's just not true. The laws and the experiences do not hold up. Now, the question is, and I think we all need to ask ourselves this, Why don't we know that we weren't truly a free state? Uh, Some of the simple answers are, one, for the most part, enslaved people could not read or write. In some states, it was illegal to teach them. Therefore, they're not going to write about their experiences of their lives. Uh, Another thing, too, is that um, African Americans for quite a long time were seen as, at best, second-rate citizens. So the histories don't include their experiences. They weren't considered important. And we've all heard the saying that history is written by the victors, and in many cases, that's true. History is written by those in power. And our old histories of the 1800s were primarily written by white men and property owners, people who could read and write, people who were educated. And they didn't consider the slave stories or African-American stories important. So very often, not always, but very often, you won't see them or you won't read much about them. You might read about the successful, quote unquote, African-Americans, but that's about it. You were able to uncover some personal stories, and and you wrote about three of them in this article. Uh, How were you able to uh, track down that information? Well, it was kind of like finding needles in a haystack. Um, Thankfully, there are some people who have done research and looked at individual slaves' stories. So I was able to piggyback off of that. One of them is Leah Vandervelde, a historian who has written a book called Redemption Songs. And that included one of the stories that I looked at. Um, I started by talking to our Illinois State historian, Sam Wheeler. I also talked to... John Lupton at the Illinois Supreme Court Historic Preservation Commission and others. And I said, how do you find, is it even possible to find the personal stories of slaves when virtually there is nothing about them? And both of those gentlemen said, look at legal cases, because there were times when slaves sued for their freedom. And some of that testimony might provide insight into their experiences. So I did that as well. Among the slaves that you write about was a woman named Peggy. The fact that she was sold several times, including at one point with her children, but I believe another time without. At the end of it, we don't really know what happened to her. Right. And that's not uncommon. So what I would encourage anybody who has even a slight interest in the history of enslaved people in Illinois to do is go online to the Illinois State Archives Servitude and Emancipation Records. Um, These include what documents we do know, bills of sale, deeds, emancipation records, etc., of enslaved people in Illinois. It's fascinating. That's where I found Peggy. Now, Peggy's 
to me, illustrates what happened to a lot of enslaved people. They were not given last names in some cases, and this might be because they had so many masters, if you will, over, in Peggy's case, a short amount of time. So it's very hard, too, to find information about a person who has no last name. How do you track a person who only goes by one name? And that's why we know so little about Peggy. We know from the emancipation records at the archives that she had, I think it was four different owners within a period of about four years, and that she was at one point sold with her children, and then after that was not. She was taken from them. But after the fourth owner, I can't track her anymore. I can't find her anywhere because how do you just search for someone named Peggy? Were things as bad in Illinois as they were in the South? And uh, I know there weren't quite as many slaves, certainly, in Illinois as there were in, in other places. I believe you write about Mississippi, for example. But you know, can we compare the two? That's a million-dollar question, and one I think anybody who looks at this topic really wants to answer, and it's very difficult to do. Um, of course, as you said, the quantity was vastly different. Uh, we didn't have the, and we didn't have the plantation system that they had in the South, of course. So those two factors alone would have changed the experiences of enslaved people here. However, our laws did allow for flogging here as a punishment. There are records I've read of um, slave owners here in central Illinois who talk about being censured by their church for what was termed mistreatment of their slaves. One of these diary um, writers was from Jacksonville, Illinois, and in his diary he laments that the church, his church peers just didn't know how hard it is to, quote, tame a slave. Um, so it's piecing together the bits of information we have about slaves' experience here in Illinois, I think at times it could be every bit as cruel. Um, One thing that was perhaps a little bit unique to the North situation is that free blacks were kidnapped and taken down to the South and sold into slavery. And that certainly is a very cruel and inhumane thing that... um, That's certainly a unique twist here. From what I've read, there were certainly instances of slaves' lives here that were just as bad and difficult and full of cruelty that probably happened in the South. You mentioned uh, that there were some legal avenues for slaves to sue for their freedom. Uh, At the same time, a lot of them didn't do that. Do we know why? Well, Illinois' laws were so contradictory at times and over periods of times about slavery, about African Americans. Um, I talked to John Lupton with the Illinois Supreme Court Historic Preservation Commission, who has, has looked at some of these cases of slaves suing for their freedom. And even though there was a period when it was illegal in Illinois for an African American to testify against a white in court, there were slaves who sued their owners for freedom. And they did it. They got to do it through a legal loophole. They sued under habeas corpus, which technically means you're not suing a person. You are suing for um, your condition of imprisonment, of illegal imprisonment. And so they got to do it that way. And they had to find a sympathetic white lawyer to take their case. And those existed, certainly, in Illinois. 
You also write about a town, uh, the town of Brooklyn in Illinois, and it's not the only town where former slaves, freed slaves, would uh, would congregate and, and live, but uh, it's one of the more prominent ones. It is, um, and according to some sources, it was considered the first black town in America. Um, it is just north of Alton, I believe, and it was settled, the story goes, by uh, freed African Americans. One of the slaves in my story, um, her she ended up in this town, and the theory goes that she had been enslaved. She might have been kidnapped. One of her sons was kidnapped and sold into slavery. Every single one of her five-member family had at one time been enslaved. So this might have been a safe place for at least her and um, to go and live. You spotlighted three stories of uh, former slaves from Illinois. Can you tell us what else you learned about them or what, what really stood out to you when you started reading these stories? How little we know about what happened to slaves in Illinois, how hard it is to find their stories, um, how, in my opinion, important it is to know that slavery existed in Illinois and to tell their stories. They helped us make this state, and they did it unwillingly. And I feel their stories deserve to be told. And I feel we owe it to their experience, their forced experiences to know more about them. One thing that their stories told me was that there were some people who were able to get beyond their enslavement and have successful, professionally successful, and hopefully somewhat happy lives. Uh, That would be the case of Swansea in the stories I tell. Uh, another thing is that some people probably might have r- remained enslaved for years, and who knows what happened to them because we just lose track of them in the records. The experiences of some of them were probably pretty horrific. I think we do honor to them and their experiences by telling their stories. One thing that's particularly poignant about some of the uh, slaves' freedom suits that I looked at There were slaves who were successful in suing for their freedom. And in some cases, their owners were ordered to pay a fine to the slave for what they had done. Very often, um, that those damages might have been one penny or a dollar for what was decades of enslavement. You can read more of Tara's story on uncovering personal stories about slaves in Illinois at nprillinois.org.